listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Jesus said, those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything. And remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away. And I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father. Because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Is everybody okay after the storms this weekend? Or the, yeah, this weekend, I guess it was, Friday night into Saturday. Anybody have any tree damage in your yards? Yep. We've got a, uh, we've got a, a tree service coming to our neighborhood today. Actually, yeah, this afternoon. Um, eight, eight of us on the block have this tree service. We have different services that we go in with together to get things done. We work together, and I'm really proud of that, that we work together to, to, during times like this. Help your neighbors. Let, let's be the church. And, and it's times like this when we go out and we just walk around and we help people. Uh, you see somebody in need, you help out. That's just what we do as the church. You know, here on our staff, we use different tools, uh, instruments, I, sh- I should say, to, to help us work better as a team, to help us maximize each other's gifts. One of those tools we use is called Strength Finders. And what Strength Finders does is you take this instrument and it has 34 strengths. And you, you focus on your top five strengths. The, the premise is we don't work to raise people's growth areas. We don't work to, to kind of fix people's weaknesses. No, we identify strengths and we maximize strengths. And so the cool thing about working on a team is that everyone has different strengths, right? And, and when we're maximizing each other's strengths, we're playing to each other's strengths, we're better as a team. Well, my number one strength is futuristic. That's my number one strength. That, that's good for a pastor, right? Futuristic. Uh, I don't know, I, I enjoy being a futurist. Uh, I live in the future. I don't, I don't pay a lot of attention to the present. In fact, the present doesn't make sense to me unless I can relate it to where we're going, unless I can see how the present is aligning and taking us forward into the future. The pandemic was hard for me because I couldn't see into the future. Everything was a fog. Everything was a blur. I didn't know what was coming next. And so that was very, very stressful for me. But as, as a futurist, I really resonate with things that appear to to relate to 
the future and what's coming. And I think our text today, our gospel text, Jesus is being a bit of a futurist. I think he's telling the disciples what to expect. This is the last night of his life. Uh, This is uh, in the upper room after they've had the last supper. He's washed their feet, and now he's talking to them, and he's telling them what he expects of them and what they can expect to happen in the future. And he says, keep my word. Keep my word. And and I'm going to get into that uh, in a moment. You know, as we work toward the future, many of us, though, we don't think about the future as we do life. Maybe we think about the future for our own lives. We think about the future for our families, for our kids. We think about the future for our own investments. But do we often think about the future for the sake of the world and how our behaviors each day affect the world? We, we think of ourselves as being kind of small and, and that we, our daily lives don't really affect the rest of the world, but it does. We're a part of each other. We're interconnected. We're part of God. We're, we're part of creation. And how we live, the choices we make affect the future of the world. You see, how can we expect things to change? And all of us, I think if I went around and spoke to each of you individually, you could name things in the world you don't like right now. And that you would like to be different. But how's the world going to change if we don't change? How's the world going to live differently if we don't begin to live differently? I found this image of uh, a bridge. It's actually two bridges. Uh, This image is in Southeast Asia. And you see that there's a stream going underneath the bridge. Well, what happened was the monsoon season would come and the water would rise. And so when the monsoons were there and the water would rise in that stream, people couldn't pass from one side to the other. And so somebody had the idea, if we can grab these roots of these trees, the roots actually grow out on on the outside of the ground, right? Some of the roots are in the ground, but this is a kind of tree where the roots grow on top of the ground and maybe uh, hook in with other things. Well, somebody had the idea that if we can take the roots and stretch them, across that stream, eventually they'll connect and we'll have a bridge that we can walk across. So when the monsoons come, then we'll have a bridge and we can walk from one side to the other. How long did it take to get those roots across that stream before they connected with each other? I don't think the people who had the idea to do this ever saw the bridge, right? But their kids did, their grandkids did, and their great-grandkids did. And so these were people, whoever did this, these were people who were looking into the future saying, we've struggled as a people because we haven't had a bridge to walk across. But our ancestors are going to have a bridge, and we're going we're to use these roots to do that. Well, then you see the second bridge, the higher one. Why'd they build the higher bridge? Because the, the, the floods got higher. The floods got higher, and then went over that lower bridge, and so they had to bring, build the, the upper bridge in order to get folks across. But again, building into the future, they probably, the builders never saw the fruition of their work, but they were leaning into the future towards something new, something better for their children, for their grandchildren, great-grandchildren. So Jesus tells his disciples, keep my word. If you love me, keep my word. Now, what that sounds like is obey me. 
And that, that's how often this passage is interpreted and preached, is Jesus is telling his disciples to obey him. But if we're going to understand really what's going on, we need to understand what he means by word, logos. In the Gospel of John, that's a really important term. In the beginning was the word, the logos. And the word was with God, and the word was God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, not one thing came into being. And so the word is the Christ. It's God's vision for life in this world. And so when Jesus tells his disciples, keep my word, he's saying, keep life. Protect life. Perpetuate life. Because that's what God cares about. Jesus didn't come to lecture us to, to obey in certain ways, to, to, to make us into, into these uh, robots who just do without thinking. No, he's saying, as, as a father sent me, so now I send you. I came so that they may have life and have it abundantly. And you're here to produce life for all people. To produce life that, that goes from generation to generation to generation. And so I was talking to uh, the kiddos here a minute ago about changing how we live, identifying those things in the world that break our hearts, that cause us to, to grieve, and, and recognize that God is grieving. When one person is left out, God grieves. When one person doesn't have a place to live, God grieves. When one person thinks that life doesn't matter and contemplates ending their own lives, God grieves. And the only way the world's going to change is if we change how we're living. If we change how we're living. How much did Jesus give? Everything. He gave everything. He held nothing back. He gave his entire life. And, and as he was giving, the world turned on him. And he didn't stop. He didn't quit. As he was healing, as he was raising uh, 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 up the dead, as he was welcoming the stranger, he was also speaking truth to power and upsetting the apple cart with the powerful people because he was saying, you're just perpetuating injustice. You're just perpetuating division. You're just perpetuating violence in how you live. And that's why they put him to death. They didn't kill Jesus because he was a nice guy who healed a few people. They killed Jesus because he pointed to a new future, a better future, a different future, and called for everyone to live differently, and the power people didn't like that message because they had a lot, and they didn't want to give it up. Who are the power people today? It's us. Did you ever think of that? We're the power people. The rest of the world envies us. The rest of the world looks at us and says, you've made it, you've achieved, you're on the top of the, of the heap. You eat every day. You have warmth when it's cold, you have cool when it's warm. Your kids go to school, you have access to health care. None of our kiddos ever question whether or not they get to go to college. In this community, are you kidding me? Every kid is expected to go to college, right? We're at the top of the world. And things aren't going to change in the world unless we decide to live differently. Unless, unless we decide to reprioritize our lives. And that we see our resources not just as things to use for ourselves, but as tools, instruments to use to create a better world. 
that we see our relationships not just to comfort us, but as opportunities to rally troops, to help others to think and see in new ways and begin to live differently, that we utilize our relationships to draw others into a new way of life, that we, we, we don't tolerate division anymore. We don't tolerate injustice anymore. We don't tolerate fighting and battles, even within our family systems. I can think of family members I haven't spoken to in years because they made me mad. I need to change how I think about that. I can think of resentments and grudges I've carried for a lot of years. And I need to think differently about that. I, think, I can think of ways that I'm greedy, that, that I think what I have is my own, and, and it's, it, I'm to use it just for my own enjoyment, my own entertainment, my own comfort. And I need to think differently about that. You see, if the world's going to change, all of us have to be transformed. All of us have to be put to death and raised new. So that we see our lives, not just as our own, but as a part of God. And we see our time here on earth as a part of God's journey with humanity, God's journey with the creation. We're here now in this very difficult time and place. And it's really if easy for us to feel sorry for ourselves, for how hard things are right now. We've just come through a pandemic. We're going into inflation is, 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 is rising like crazy. Um, Everything's hard with, with, there's meanness everywhere we go. You know what I mean? Like you fly in an airplane, there's meanness. You, you, you go to the grocery store, there's meanness. It, people are just mean right now. And, and we, it's real easy for us to feel sorry for ourselves. God, where are you? Look how terrible the world is. And as I've been praying to God about this, the message I keep getting back is, I know, Doug, that's why you're there. I know. I know it's bad. That's why you're there. And I think that's what Jesus was saying to his disciples. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. But I'm going to send the Spirit to you. It's the same Spirit that was there on day one of the creation when God said, let there be light. And all things came into being. It, it's the same Spirit that, that parted the sea so that the, the Hebrew people could escape the oppression of the Egyptians and begin to journey to the promised land. It's the same spirit that put a baby in Mary's womb. It's the same spirit that was there when Jesus was baptized. And he heard the words, you are my son, the beloved with you, I'm well pleased. It's the same spirit that brought Jesus out of the tomb. We get inspirited with this passion for life, this passion for love that fueled Jesus, that drove him in, to do everything that he did. That same spirit comes and, and, and fuels us to be the people of God God needs us to be. And Jesus says, in this you'll have peace. Not peace like the world gives where we're just not having conflict, but a peace to stand in the midst of the storm and know it's okay. A peace to be in a time of inflation and know it's okay. A peace to, to, to stand in a time of war and know it's okay. A peace to, to stand in a time of, of oppression and persecution and know it's okay because God is taking us to a bridge into a new day. And we just happen to haven't crossed that bridge yet. But maybe our kids will. Maybe our grandkids will. Maybe our great-grandkids will. 
Are we willing to sacrifice today and live differently so that the generations that follow us may have a different life, may have a different awareness of what it means to be human, may understand more about what it means to be connected to God. It's not about just rituals that we come to this place once a week and do some rituals and go home feeling good about ourselves, but that the church is God's change agent in the world. That God's strategy for transforming this world was the church, was to form a community of people together who really believe this stuff that Jesus said, who trust that through his death and resurrection, love and life win, and who are now empowered to live differently so that maybe there's never a war again. There's never hunger again. Homelessness, poverty. Every kid gets to go to school. Every family gets the support they need. Isn't that the world that Jesus envisioned? He didn't just come so a few people could go to heaven after they die. I don't believe that. I believe Jesus came to transform our world so that every single person has an opportunity at life. He taught this message. He lived this message. And even as they were killing him on the cross, he loved. He continued to love. He was different. The centurion knew he was different. The centurion said, surely this must be the son of God because he had never seen a human die like this. A human on the cross being crucified, this brutally horrible way of dying, one who continues to love even though life is being drained from his body. That's Jesus. We have that capacity. We can be like him. He believes in us. Do you ever think about that? It's not that we believe in God. God believes in us, right? Because God is entrusting the world to us. And on the third day after Jesus died, God raised him from the dead to show us emphatically that love and life win. The question is, do we trust that? Do we really believe that love and life will win? If we do, then we live differently. We pour ourselves out. We're intolerant when it comes to injustice. We're intolerant when it comes to violence. We're intolerant when we, we see oppression of any form. And we're even willing to use our relationships, use our voice, use our resources to work for a better world so that one day all may experience real life in Jesus' name. Imagine that's all the church does. Imagine that's just what the church does. Church everywhere, that's what we do, is we create life. We generate life. We perpetuate life. I think that'd be a good church. Don't you think it'd be a good church? Would you go to that church? All right, let's, let's be that church so that we and all the world may experience real life in Jesus' name. God loves each of you, and I do too. Amen.